0: And then he's like, you know, after he said, can I ask you a few questions? And the guy's like, all right, what are your questions? And he's like, so what do you like best about Rust? Uh, shooting people in the face. And uh, what's, what's been the, your, your favorite moment in Rust? Shooting people in the face. And what do you think the developers could do to improve this game? Shooting people in the face. All right, thank you for your time. Uh, <laughs> that concludes the interview. All right, thanks, man. Have a nice day.
1: This is Eight Bit, Episode sixty one, Terra Flabed. On Sunday, January 12, twenty fourteen, and now, so you're like Hitler. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker with guest Katie Redman.
0: So welcome to Eight Bit, everybody, where we have Reese's Pieces malfunctions and uh, peanut butter cups, not pieces, peanut butter I'm cups. Sorry, Reese's peanut butter cups. Reese's Pieces just kind of flows off the tongue, and I say it all the time. But they are fantastic as well. Yes, yes they are. Um, so this week, we have a special guest who's been on a couple of times before. It's special. Hey. Hi, Katie. Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, so Katie's on this week to review Tearaway, which is a game on the Vita, which is yep. a thing that neither me nor Ian have. Lame. Ooh. Well, it's a good thing that you exist then, isn't it?
1: I have to pay yes. for a trip this this year, a really big trip at that.
0: Nobody's coming at you for not having a Vita, Ian.
1: An acid trip? <laughs> I don't think I'll have any acid. Though, I mean, it will I will be in Prague, so maybe. Apparently, Prague, Prague is the European Las Vegas.
0: Ah, Ooh. well, speaking of Las Vegas, guess what happened in Las Vegas this week? It was warm? Yes, it was much, Good much nurse. warmer than in uh, Minnesota. Cool. Like no. Fun so, like, wait, what was the difference? I don't know. W- what was the difference? Well, let's see. We had, like, negative 20s, and they had yeah. low 60s.
1: Oh, I hate them.
0: I hate them so much. <laughs> but I hate them even more because tons and tons of, like, you know, um, tech journalists and people in the tech industry and video game journalists and people in the video game industry were all in Las Vegas this last week for CES two thousand fourteen, which is of course the consumer electronics show. Um, hey,
1: we, we get cool things here too, like that that show that celebrates cat videos. There's a festival celebrating cat videos in Minneapolis.
2: Oh yeah, really? yeah. That's gonna be
0: awesome. And
1: by cool I mean not really, but alright What? <laughs>
0: Katie is a member But yeah, so that's uh, our main topic this week is uh, cool stuff that was shown off at CES, video game specific. Um, But we also did a Nexus Special episode uh, for everything that happened at CES that was important. Um, So go and check that out. I believe that's uh, Nexus Special 28. So that's thenexus.tv slash ns28. And you'll find Um, out the reason why...
1: Ian Buck can no longer associate with Matthew
0: Batchelor. <laughs> if you in the, listen to the Fringe. That was in the Fringe thereof. Oh my goodness, that was bad. Um, anyway, but first we have miscellaneous headlines. Yes. So part of the appeal of the Battlefield series has always been using vehicles in unorthodox ways to achieve hilarity. And uh, one of the most recent examples of this is using C4 to launch a truck onto the ceiling of the skyscraper in the middle of Siege of Shanghai to capture that point pretty easily. Yeah, so I I watched these guys try like five or six times to get the angle right, you know, and the right amount of C4 to launch them up onto the ceiling of the skyscraper. (laughs) And then like, so, so they had several people who were like engineers and I think they had like one sniper and then one person to man the actual... You know Jeep, and then once they got up onto the roof, they all piled out, and the engineers just stood behind it, you know fixing the the jeep as it was taking damage. <laughs> they were just dominating the whole time. It was hilarious
1: i I want to watch this
0: You can do <laughs> it after the show oh.
1: Damn, but I love those sorts of shenanigans. okay, you and I need actually. I think I have Battlefield Three from uh from the Humble Bundle from a Humble Bundle.
0: Yeah, I can't shenanigans. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I Battlefield Four from the PlayStation Plus thing. I don't know. Oh really? Okay. I hmm. think so. Yeah, I think I got it for free. Nice, because I'm a PlayStation Plus member.
0: Special.
1: Yes, I'm very special. Oh, we've said that. I have special eyes.
0: Special. My breath. Alright, I'll find that video and I'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Oh dear, there's a video? Yeah,
1: you talk about the next
0: thing while I find that.
1: Alright, so speaking of online massively multiplayer things where massive shenanigans happen sometimes but probably not quite as many shenanigans um, The Elder Scrolls Online um, PvP uh, apparently the culmination of all of that the the highest achievement that you can get is being crowned emperor and then when you become crowned emperor you actually get a brand new skill line that will stay with you for the rest of your character so as long as that character is is in existence you will be an emperor or an ex-emperor or something but you get skills that are specific to that
2: oh so it just, if you're not an emperor what happens to your skills then?
0: Uh, well, just... if you have become Emperor before, you still have all of those skills, but they are, like, diminished somewhat. Um, but if you've never become Emperor, then you don't even have that skill line at all.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Level up, I guess.
1: Level... Grind on the levels. Grind levels. Grind levels.
0: <sighs> Grind like a high schooler at a dance.
1: Mm-hmm. I figure I'm like a middle schooler, but those dances you you weren't allowed to touch. So
0: <laughs> I played tag at middle school dances. I was that good. <laughs> oh I was actually.
1: <laughs> I I was the shy one that would just sort of sit on the bleachers and watch everyone else dance and say, "Hey, this is." I fun. did
0: enjoy watching the Asians break dance. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They were good at that. Um. So, growing backlogs. That's uh, that's something that a lot of us are familiar with, especially uh, Ian and I, <laughs> yeah, um, but here's a good perspective on it, so the sales that you get these games on create tons and tons of money for the game creators, so you're voting with your wallet, even though, you know, uh, most of those games you didn't get right away when they came out, um, your backlog is like a message in a bottle that you're sending to some future version of yourself. So, you know, someday in the future, you're going to play that Fallout game from, you know, 10 years ago, but you're going to enjoy it, and, you know, you're going to be like, oh man, I'm so glad that I bought that a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And nobody looks down on people with, like, large libraries of books, so why should we be ashamed of our large libraries of games?
2: My mother is.
0: She has a large library of games?
2: No, she's ashamed of my large library of games.
0: Well, she just doesn't understand that games are art.
1: My mother
2: doesn't know. Actually, she probably does know. She doesn't really get art anyway, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess she wouldn't really appreciate anything.
1: My mom does. My my mom has a weird relationship with video games. She, She hated video games for the longest time because she took a guy... Well, a guy took her... No, she took a guy... On a date to the um, the state fair, and all he did was spend time at the arcade, and he basically bummed twenty off, op- twenty bucks off of her to play Space Invaders all day long. <laughs> so she hated video games from then on because of how much she would just be ignored for that.
0: Um, Space Invaders is art.
1: <laughs> I don't know, right? Um, but so very slowly but surely, I've been turning her on to video games. Um, I bet. I think it's, I I think it started with heard of
0: that with your mother. (laughs) Oh, quiet.
2: (laughs) Anyways, uh, 2013 sales numbers, huh? Three million Xbox One and 4.2 million PlayStation 4s. I guess they only made 4.2 million PlayStation 4s because I can't find one anywhere.
0: You need to find one quick because we've had a a review of the Xbox One on this podcast, and we haven't had a PS4 because I don't know anybody with a PS4 yet. So
2: on Amazon, they are one hundred to two hundred dollars more than the price uh, PlayStation recommends them to be sold at, and it is just ridiculous. Yeah, pretty much like. People are making bank because they're selling these for like six ninety nine.
0: Oh, so this isn't Amazon isn't selling these ones. These ones are no, being, no, 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 from no, no, no. other people a, through yes, Amazon. Yes, gotcha. through Amazon. Okay, uh, yeah, makes sense.
2: Terrible. Oh, yeah.
0: So at this point, it looks like the PlayStation Four is uh, pulling ahead. Top dog. Yeah. Kind of with good reason. I mean. And I, I mean, I think that they're putting themselves in a much better position too because they just announced PlayStation Now. But we'll go over oh, yeah. that in the CES section. Yes.
1: Mm, that's tasty. All right. Um, Turtle Rock Studios, the creators of the original Left 4 Dead, just announced their next game called The Vault. It is coming this fall to PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox. Um, I know it's the Xbox one, but still, it's just. I, I can't help but call it X-Bone because that's what it looks like. Um,
0: so crossbones. Oh, they're pirates! I get it now. Arr. Arr! Microsoft oh, pirates. Now I have to buy the Xbox One.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> will feature humans versus aliens multiplayer. In particular, we know about Hunt Mode, where four players take control of four alien hunters, while a fifth player controls the alien they are hunting. Oh dear, the alien will grow in size and strength as rounds go on.
0: I can yeah. see that being kind of scary. I can see that being a lot of fun, especially since we know that they're good at making co-op games. So, mm-hmm. speaking of um, having big backlogs, there's a way now for us to share our giant backlogs with other people who don't have such giant backlogs, because Steam has released their family options and family sharing to everyone, not just you know, the people who are in the beta. Um, so the family sharing is the where you can share your library with 10 other Steam accounts on 10 different machines. um, And, you know, as long as... So, for example, since I just shared my library with Katie on her computer, um, she can play my games whenever I'm not playing any of my games, Um, which, honestly, is most of the time. Uh, (laughs) Because I don't spend as much time as I should playing video games.
2: Because you have a huge backlog,
1: and so you send that list to your brothers now to conquer with you
0: no, yeah i um, I have shared that with my brothers on their computers as well, um but yeah, Ian, you and I are going to have to share our libraries with each other for sure, Done. Um,
1: I don't think I'll share it with Galen just because I mean I love Galen, but I don't think Mother would really appreciate that
0: also, does he have a computer at home that he could really play most of your games on? Not really, not really no. Um, <laughs> now, if your parents want to allow Galen to play some games but not other games, they can uh, use the family options in Steam in order to limit access to particular games, uh, limit access to buying games from the store, limit access to interacting with the community, or like using mods created by other users. Um, and, you know, in order to get out of like that protected mode, you have to kind of put in like a pin number or whatever. Um, yeah, so that's family options. that are available now in Steam.
1: Makes sense. Looks like fun. Alright, well, in the meantime, um, he'll have to keep uh, occupied otherwise. Uh, and another way that he can do that um, is something called DreamWorks Dragon and Dragon's Adventure. Um, it aims to be the perfect solution to keeping people occupied for long periods of time, especially on stuff like road trips. It's a tablet game that takes a map... Oh, specifically on road trips. What yes, am I talking
0: about? Very specifically on road trips.
1: <laughs> I should have read that ahead of time.
0: I'm good at this thing.
1: <laughs> mm. So what's it to
0: find if you hadn't acknowledged it? Yeah. Like, nobody would have noticed. Oh, well.
1: It's a tablet game that takes a map of the roads around you and turns them into a fantasy world where you collect items and complete quests. And it even involves the parents by giving them the opportunity to create objectives for the kids to complete. Too bad it's only on Nokia devices. oh
2: yeah. Oh no!
0: Even less people have a... Nokia phones than you know people who have PlayStation fours. Yeah,
1: but I mean, the Nokia—if you get one, it'll last you for forever. Uh,
0: well, uh-huh. I don't think that, that's true anymore. That one specific model, anyway. Yeah, but nobody makes those anymore.
1: Nope. My parents used to have
0: them. They were the very first cell phone that they ever got. I
1: remember (laughs) playing Snake on those things whenever we were going this way and that way. That was my first experience with mobile gaming. (laughs) It means so much to me. Actually, no, my first... That was probably my Game Boy Pocket.
2: All right, well. Respawn reveals that Titanfall's max player count is six versus six and the internet pretty much exploded in their face. Mm -hmm. My original reaction was that sounded pretty low. But when you consider that Counter-Strike is 5 versus 5, it's nothing to get upset over. Plus, since everyone has the ability to call a mech that can run around on its own, and there are other AI-controlled soldiers present, the maps will be far from empty.
0: True that. League is only a 5v5 anyway. Well, yeah, but I mean, people were thinking about other first-person shooters, you know, oh. where, like, Team Fortress 2 is the uh, 16 on 16 or something like that, normally, and, like, you know, Battlefield, of course, has 64 versus 64.
1: Yeah, but, I mean think about i mean like in reality how many mechs would be able to fight on one battlefield
0: well all yeah but I, but the like mechs. well i i think that like mech warrior or hawken i think have more players than that on each team and mm. that's all mech warfare yeah but yeah no. and, I, and this is i didn't actually know this before now but apparently there are like lots of ai soldiers that are on the maps as well and they basically act like just creeps that you farm in to, yeah, in order to get experience.
1: That's everywhere.
0: So we all know what DayZ is, right? It's uh that zombie survival horror game thing where well not really horror. Well kind of horror. Uh where you know you're playing on a server with a bunch of other people and other players are, you know, the real threat. It's not the zombies. Um, I've Never heard of it before. I uh, never especially the. Yeah. of show. So Rust is a, another, you know, survival exploration game that's similar to DayZ. So you can imagine that, uh, you know, players kill each other a lot. But one player has taken on the role of an investigative journalist, and he's attempting to interview other players on their thoughts of the game. And he, uh, he gets shot quite a few times, and it's pretty hilarious. So you should go watch that video. <laughs>
1: Sounds like the smart ass that I would want to be.
0: <laughs> my, my, my particular favorite was um, when another player who had a gun like forced him to go into a room and then he's like, you know, after he said can I ask you a few questions? And the guy's like alright, what are your questions? And he's like so what do you like best about Rust? Uh, shooting people in the face. And uh, what's, what's been the, your, your favorite moment in Rust? Shooting people in the face. And what do you think the developers could do to improve this game? Shooting people in the face. Alright, thank you for your time. Uh, that concludes the interview. Alright, thanks, man. Have a nice day. <laughs> and he just let him go.
1: <laughs> and people say that the people on the internet are jerks.
0: That was Comedy Gold. Actually,
1: speaking of Comedy Gold, complete and total tangent. So you know the oatmeal, of course.
0: The oatmeal? The oatmeal, oh, the, the oh the oatmeal. yes, that one. Okay, nope.
1: Oh, I will have to introduce you to it. Um, especially now because apparently the writer from that, the author of the oatmeal, got an article
0: in Penthouse. In as Penthouse? A
1: dude. I
2: don't know what that is.
0: Is that a oh. magazine? Yeah. Of what? Um, uh, okay.
2: Oh, okay
0: so I don't know I why he...
2: neither of us have heard of
0: it because <laughs> <laughs> we're pure innocent people I well, have never I... owned a porn magazine <laughs> anyway it's okay I like shrimp too why not soyberg <laughs> I
1: actually don't like seafood
0: so boys. what does this have to do with anything the oatmeal um
1: Oh, just Comedy Gold, sorry. He was, uh, that reminded me of <laughs> something that he had talked about. I actually went and read the article. <laughs> they have it on the website. He had a link to it. Okay. Um, and one of the things that he was talking about, because he was involved in this legal battle with um, uh, funny junk. Mm-hmm. Because he basically said that Funny Junk steals people's stuff because they get po- stuff gets posted on there and they don't necessarily regulate whether or not it's been copyrighted
0: or not. Yeah, I, I remember this.
1: And so they sent a um, a legal letter at them telling him to take stuff down. And so he didn't actually have to write any com- comics that day, he, or even that week. He just posted it up, um, saying that because they would. Um, Uh, they were suing him for $20,000. He crowdsourced it, and he blew it past, he had like over $200,000 and donated all of it to charity. Funny joke, didn't see one penny of that.
0: Yeah. That That was pretty good. Anyway, so just comedy gold
1: made that pop up in my head, not even have to try for anything. Actually, the person shooting people in the face reminded me of Jane a little bit, now that I think about it. I call it Vera. She's my favorite. All right, well, you know what shooting people in the face does? What? Makes your brain explode. Oh, yeah. You know what made my brain explode? <laughs> Not being shot in the face? Not being shot. Well, no, that happened too, but in a different game. Um, <laughs> uh, so, okay, you know that depth of field, um, like that, that perception on um, the farther things away, the smaller they look, and the bigger th- or the closer you are to things, the bigger they look.
0: Yeah, that's uh, um, a pretty simple concept, right? Yeah, I and you know so. that where people take
1: funny pictures and it's like, oh, hey, look, I'm holding the Eiffel Tower in my hands, or, hey, look, I'm squishing this person's head between my fingers, or mm-hmm. things like that. Well, a bunch of people made a puzzle, first-person puzzle plat well, not puzzle platformer.
0: Um, I think this is like a demo made by some. Yeah, students. I
2: think it's just yeah. an interactive demo.
1: Um so the game is not in full yet but I want it to be because it looks fantastic. So the the it's a puzzle game where the main mechanic is focusing actually on manipulating that. Um so you can pick up an object and it will change size depending on how far away you place it from yourself and how big it looks to be when you get there.
0: So the most simple example was they like Picked up, um, they they picked up like uh, the the Statue of Liberty from a really far long ways away where it was big, and then they set it down on a table next to them, and it was tiny. Yep. You know, it was like the size of the chess pieces that were there.
1: Yep. But the mechanics that they have for this game are already just kind of like what the different ways that you could solve them all could be like what. So there's like different objects have different effects depending on the size of them. So they showed this fan. That was small and it was blowing out this lamp and making the lamp wobble and then they blew up the fan um, so that it actually blew the exit sign off the top of a column. Or they have these portals where you can enter into them one size and you'll exit out in a proportional size. I think so my, you can make yourself
0: my, infinitely small or infinitely big. My favorite yeah. was when they, um, they, they you know, looked around and it's like, oh, there's no exit in this room. Okay, let's grab the moon and we're going to put it in the room with us. And, oh, oh, look, there's objects on the moon. Okay, we'll make those bigger. It was like, what? No, that's cheating. <laughs> or the, um... The, uh... Oh,
1: the window. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So you find yourself in a room with no exits, and you look out a window, and you see that the exit is outside. You just grab the window, step back, and it blows up, and then you can automatically just walk out the window. It's just like, ow, my head! So I want them to make this into a full game, and I will totally buy that. I love Puzzle Games. This one looks like it has a really fun mechanic.
0: I want it to be like a Kickstarter, so I can just give them money now. Yes. Take my money! (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: if we could use Reese's Wrappers as money, we would all be rich. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. It's a solid nugget. Wow. <laughs> but you have to bite into it to verify how uh, genuine it is. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like... man flesh <laughs> Well,
1: that
2: <So>, just
1: got... <laughs> They are not for eating.
0: Oh, they used to be.
1: They used to be. This is for eating.
0: This is not. This is. This is not. not know, no, nobody can see what you're holding up.
2: Yeah, it's a
0: <laughs> It's a podcast,
2: Podcast, not a video podcast.
0: <laughs> it's a talkie talk. Uh, it's
2: a talking well, talk. Then,
1: let's keep the mystery. I'm not going to tell you what I'm holding up. <laughs> For oh,
2: gross. Put a... that away.
0: <laughs> Ian, there are children present. Exactly. <laughs> so it got bigger. It sounds like... God. <laughs> 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 it sounds like Valve is interested in being the hub for hardware manufacturers as well as software and users. Um, so they're... Coming out with, planning on coming out with a standard SDK for interfacing with VR controllers, so that game makers don't have to design for you know lots and lots of different virtual reality solutions, and the users don't have to change settings every time they switch games, um, and it just kind of makes it easier for everybody. Uh, so I, I think actually Valve is in a pretty good position to be the ones to release this kind of thing because they already have a huge portion of the PC market. Yep. Um, you know, if you if you're a PC gamer, chances are you have Val or Steam installed, and um, yeah,
1: kind of hard not to at this point. <laughs>
2: What's that other one, Origin or whatever? There's well, Origin,
1: there's um, actually GameFly, you can buy games off of. I got First Crisis for either free or like
0: five bucks. Um, there's there's a lot of different. I mean, like, Uplay is technically a digital distributor.
1: Yeah, but they work through Steam, so...
0: Some of them do. I mean, like, you can buy a game directly through Uplay and not launch it through Steam. I do see why you would,
1: though. Hmm. <laughs> i dropped that one.
0: If you really hate Valve and don't want to give them your money?
1: Ah,
2: curse you, Valve.
0: You give more <laughs> yeah, yeah. money to the developers. I hate you. <laughs>
2: All right. All right. Let's see. Um okay, so the beta of first of the first half of Broken Age will be going out to their Kickstarter backers on January 14th. Oh. They will also announce when the rest of us can get it through Steam early access.
0: Oh. This is this is pretty exciting because Broken Age was the game that base that pretty much put Kickstarter on the map for indie game developers. You know, before that, there weren't really any games you know that were being kickstarted at all. But then Tim Schafer went and did it, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, we can make money that way." What's Broken
2: Age about?
0: Um, so it's a it's a point and click adventure game. This is actually like the first point and click adventure game that Tim Schafer's done in like twenty years. Um, what was the first one that
1: he did? Here, I'll look that up. you go
0: um yeah, and so in broken age, I think there there are two protagonists, and they live in like different worlds, different dimension kinds of things, and I, I I think we're seeing one story from like both of their perspectives, and there's something about their worlds that like affect each other or something um and there there are like tons and tons of big voice actors in there, like um Elijah Wood and Will Wheaton and uh, Jack Black and there were several others but yeah like this is this is like a pretty significant project here let's see
1: cool huh so let's see oh no he was a tester for that one the secret of monkey island i believe this oh, yes. is first one he was the co-writer programmer and, and an additional designer then the last one that he had done before this, I think, might have been The Curse of Monkey Island, which came out in 97.
0: And actually, so Katie, you remember in uh, Peter's class when we watched that, like, intro, the the beginning video from that really old video game?
2: The, the one top. with the tentacles?
0: Yes, yes, that one. I've um, seen enough
1: Hentai, I didn't know where this is going.
0: Now, these yeah. these were literally creatures that were just one tentacle, like, that's what they were. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, that's no fun. <laughs> I'm sure it can be, Ian. <laughs> but yeah, it's so enough. That was a Tim Schaefer game. He he was on the team that made that. Really?
2: Wow. Coolio.
0: Um. So yeah, that's that's our miscellaneous headlines now. Uh, time to talk about some CES stuff. Um. So. Steam machines. Steam machines kind of. Took over the the video game end of of CES news. Um, reason. Yeah, actually, so it's pretty funny because Ga- Gabe Newell came out and then he talked for like thirty seconds and then he left, and he didn't really say anything new. Um, <laughs> but that we know. He- confirmed. Oh god, I oh, wish. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time he comes out and talks, it's like, is it gonna happen? No, it never does. Um... But it's yes, never so gonna happen. Probably really waiting honest.
1: until second iteration of the source engine is out, or until the yeah. next one, anyway.
0: Well, yes, yes, but like they'll they'll probably announce both of them at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there are 14 known hardware partners at this point who are all making steam machines. Um, and these steam machines. They are. They range in price from like five hundred dollars to I think like over six thousand if you trick out the Falcon Northwest one uh, enough. And most of them, like most of them, are just straight up desktop PCs stuck into sm- as, as small a box as you can possibly fit them in. Um, and I think I mean I think this is the wrong way to go for steam machines because like at this point. Since there aren't many <coughs> games available on Linux, you know, and SteamOS can only run those natively, the rest of them, you know, all of the Windows games, you have to stream from a Windows PC to your Steam box, or to Steam machine, in order to play it on your TV, right? Um, like, why don't they just make a, bo- a Steam machine that is as cheap as possible, you know, As small as possible, just like, you know, integrated graphics, no fancy stuff, and just have it be meant for streaming PC games from your existing PC.
1: Because that doesn't make as much money?
0: Yeah. But more people would buy it, I can guarantee you. Would they? Yeah. The question
2: is, why don't you have one,
0: Ian? I don't have a TV. (laughs) So so like Valve has explicitly said that the the purpose of the Steam machines is not to get like new customers it's to el- you know to enable existing Steam customers to play their Steam games on their TVs. You know with huh. with with a controller and all that jazz. Um so like since the best thing that you can do if you buy one of these steam machines the best thing you can do is immediately install windows on it <laughs> because without that you can't play like the vast majority of games that are on steam now oh, that makes sense so yeah. it would it would it make does. much much more sense from a business standpoint well from from a customer standpoint to buy the cheapest thing possible you know for steam os if they even want steam os they're just gonna want a really cheap box. Yeah.
1: In which case, just buy a desk- small desktop and build it yourself.
0: Exactly. Well, yeah, that's what we're gonna do anyway.
1: <laughs> oh well, well, yeah, that makes sense, I suppose. Yeah. So they're lost.
0: Yeah. But man, some of those really expensive ones look really nice. <laughs>
1: um, let's see. Oh wait, did did Alienware actually
0: unveil uh, we- the? We don't know anything about the hardware or the price of the Alienware one. We just saw like so what the box looked important. like. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I was the one that found this article. Mm-hmm. There were a few uh, there that I just was drooling. Went, oh god, Falcon <laughs> Northwest Tiki. Yeah, eighteen hundred to six K.
0: And the the Tiki lineup. I mean, I I don't think that there's anything special about that uh, Falcon Northwest. Computer aside from the fact that it is going to be running SteamOS and not Windows. <laughs> and actually, um, Digital Storm, they have that giant, you know, liquid-cooled one up above. Uh, that too. They, yeah, they have j- basically decided for us that, yeah, we understand that um, SteamOS is not enough right now, so they're going to be dual booting SteamOS and Windows. Oh, that's kind <laughs> of nice on theirs. <laughs> um. But so, moving on, uh, within the Steam OS, uh, area, Valve has said that, um, third party Steam controllers in the long term are a possibility, although, you know, right now there aren't any, uh, in the pipeline. But, um, you know, we, we might be seeing, uh, you know, maybe a Steam controller from Razer. That'd be cool. Um, actually, that would be really, really cool. I would totally buy that. <laughs> Let's see, what else happened at CES? Um, bup, bup, bup. Ah, yes. Ooh. So, also with SteamOS, um, um, they now have support for uh, integrated graphics and for AMD graphics cards, because uh, earlier they only had NVIDIA graphics cards, so that's nice. They they can actually support uh, pretty much everybody now. Good.
1: That that enables customers like
0: me, yay!
1: If I really wanted it, but I mean it is a free OS. But
0: even r- right, but you, but you, you're not even on a television. You know? No, I don't need one. <laughs> um. So speaking of Nvidia, they uh they unveiled the Tegra K1, which is their next processor in the Tegra line, which of course is their mobile line, um, and. The special thing about the Tegra K1 is that it's not just, you know, a mobile processor. It also has 192, uh, CUDA cores. And the CUDA cores are, of course, you know, the cores that they have in their desktop GPUs. Yeah. So this thing can actually natively run, uh, des- you know, graphic stuff that was meant for desktops. Uh, although obviously it's not going to be nearly as, as terafloppy as, you know, Terra floppy. The rest of us have. <laughs> what are they called? Cuda-cors? I'm Terra Yeah. Cootie cores. cores. C U D A. You got barracudas. <laughs> and actually, so do you know? I'm a Terra floppy with a cuti-core. Do you know who was <laughs> part of the team that uh, originally, you know, made the cootie cores and the software that goes along with it? Hmm. Ian Buck. There's literally an Ian Buck who works at NVIDIA and he is a very important person. And he, you know, worked on the software that allows you to use the the CUDA GPUs.
1: So where's all wow. this money that you have stored away been going? You're never gonna yeah, see. A cent like of it. Yeah, I feel like you should
2: accidentally get a paycheck once in a while.
0: <laughs> that would be awesome. So why do I pay for things then whenever we hang out? What are you talking about? Oh, hey, I got you popcorn. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you did. Actually when I was adding up the amount of money that I spent uh this summer I was like $16 at the Woodbury 10 Theater. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um so yeah, they they released a, a video demoing uh, a few games playing on the Tegra K1. Um mm-hmm. and they've they've said already that uh the Unreal 4 engine will be running on it Ooh. uh natively. Awesome stuff. Um sure. Let's see more Nvidia stuff. So, you know how they have this Shield and uh you know the streaming your games from your PC to the Shield, right? I think so. Yeah, so the, the uh, yeah. The the Shield is their little Android-based handheld. It, it kind of looks like an Xbox controller with a flip-up screen that comes oh, off yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah, that thing. Um so obviously streaming to that thing requires some bandwidth, right? and mm-hmm. you you don't want to have a crappy router for that you know you don't want your your shield to lose its signal while you're trying to play oh. uh so to go along with that, Nvidia has kind of made a not really a lineup but they've they've chosen certain routers to brand as nvidia approved routers uh so that you know people who want to get high end routers will know which ones. Are good for shield streaming. I don't think that they've actually done anything special to them. I think they're just, you know, um, kind of giving their their name to existing routers. Have a name. <laughs> stickers, more stickers. We all like
2: stop me for stickers. All right then.
0: Oh, I'm sore. Oh, oh. Speaking of streaming, Katie, you should t- talk about this one.
2: Oh, the um. PlayStation Now?
0: Yeah. Ooh, it's next.
2: Yeah. It is going to be awesome. And I was, like, on the edge about buy- buying a PlayStation 4, because I have PlayStation 3, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But when they announced PlayStation Now, I was just like, I need a PlayStation 4 now. <laughs> Get it? Now?
0: Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That's probably why they released it.
2: Yeah, just for me.
0: Exclusi- so, well, no,
1: exclusively on the PS4 to bring people from the PS3 over to the PS4.
0: Well, it's not exclusive. Yeah. Katie, explain it's what it exclusive. does.
2: Oh. Um basically, it allows you to stream games from pretty much all past PlayStation's like your PlayStation 1 games and your 2s and your 3s. And yeah, it does you can also play it on the Vita. Haha, <laughs> I have one. And other devices such as Sony's—is is that a Bravia? I think, Television. yeah, I think
0: it's pronounced Bravia.
2: Bravia, and then tablets and bra- smartphones.
0: Yeah. I put the bra in Bravia, so it's non-existent or unneeded.
2: <laughs> and I guess it's not on PC. Sorry, no. Ian. No.
0: I, when they first announced it, I, I thought that they were going to be bringing the streaming to PC. And I was all excited, because I was like, this means that I'm, like, never gonna have to buy a console in order to play console games ever. I can just stream them to my PC. Uh, no, not, not yet, anyway. Um, yeah. And this this is the reason why I think that the PS4 is a much better buying choice than the Xbox one, because you know Sony is doing all of this stuff to allow you to play past games on the PlayStation 4 in addition to you know obviously the PlayStation 4 games that you can play natively, whereas the Xbox One is not doing any time, anything because
1: the1 the Xbox one is for well the X-Bone... The bone there. Their dry bones. Dry bones. I wouldn't want it dry. Alright, so Oh my god. <laughs> Reminds me of a college humor video, which we'll talk about in the fringe. Um So, um something that I generally tend to bring up a lot is the Oculus Rift, and there's apparently a new version that was uh released at the CES.
0: Well not released, but people got to play around with it. Yeah.
1: I wanna be there now.
0: In addition (laughs) to the weather.
1: Yeah, well the weather I I don't
0: care about. I don't mind it being a little cold.
1: But I wanna be there now
0: Well everybody's gone now. CS is over.
1: I, I guess I'll just have to go
0: and break into the Oculus Rift. Of course. <laughs> so we'll be hearing about you on next week's uh, headlines, right? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, next week will be my... Oh, I suppose that's right. Next week's going to be my last show for a few weeks.
0: Oh, okay. <gasps> Why? Wait, what? You know about this.
1: I've told you about this.
0: Oh, shoot. You're going to be in Europe, aren't you? Yeah, a week from Tuesday. Oh, my God. I keep forgetting. Oh, oh no. I need to find a new co-host. Katie, do you want to be my co-host?
2: Um, okay.
0: Cool. And as I said, I'll be touching down to the Europeans.
1: Oh, boy. So what's what's new with this Oculus Rift? Anyway, um, it features positional tracking by putting IR dots on the headset. Ooh. And the new OLED screen features something called low persistence. The LEDs behind the screen will only light up for a fraction of a millisecond, then go dark until the next frame is ready. Apparently this eliminates motion blur and judder, and it is how they fix the nausea problem that some years have been having.
0: Yeah. I would never have guessed that that's how you solve that, but apparently it's how (laughs) they solved that. Works well. (laughs) Less (laughs) judder. So wow. Much
1: Much
2: technology.
0: I was about to say much wow, but that doesn't work as well.
2: (laughs) So technology.
0: (laughs) Um, so one of my right. favorite <laughs> favorite companies, uh, Razer, they love bringing new crazy ideas to CES, and their project Christine is the latest of these. So Christine is a fully modular computer that houses all of the components in individual proprietary water-cooled cases, and then you just plug each of these cases onto the backbone, and then you're good to go. So it so imagine it kind of looks like a shelving unit, right? So if you have a bunch of shelves for your drawer, you can take those shelves and take them out and put them into any one of the other you know, shelf slots, right? Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't matter what's inside them. Yeah. So basically what Razer does is they'll take your graphics card and put it in a water-cooled case. Or uh, actually, it's oil. In an oil-cooled case. Uh, and they take your CPU and they put it in an oil-cooled case. And they take your hard drives and they put those in cases. And then each of those cases, you just take them and you plug them in to the backbone and all of them, you know, can plug into any of the slots on the backbone because uh, they're all completely modular. Um,
2: that is so spacey.
0: Yeah, like, look, go and look Whoa. at the, the pictures. They look the picture really cool. The
2: so cool. Oh my god.
0: And, like, for people like me, who are pretty comfortable just opening up their computer and like unplugging graphics cards and and you know plugging other things in, like upgrading computers has never seemed like a big deal to me. But for other people, the middle 85% as we would say on on the uh, <laughs> the nexus special for CES, <laughs> um, it's it's a pretty daunting prospect. Um, Wait, what so, was that ghost? Uh, so uh, I, I made a reference to the show that I was on two days ago. I know, um, but, like, what, what was that green He was excited. For? He was excited because I'm cross-referencing from sure. show. He holds
1: up an octopus, a green octopus with oh. other tentacles, you
0: cruel bastard. No, I... Uh, the, the <laughs> what little, happened to the tentacles? The little what green alien do? was uh, something that his mom tried to give me two days ago, uh, and um. I left it there. Um, anyway, so to go along with this easy upgradability of, of the system, they, uh, they're considering having a subscription model, so basically the idea is that, like, you, you choose what tier computer you, you want to have. So say I want the best gaming computer that can possibly exist at all times, right? And you so,
1: are a doctor, so you have no time to play it.
0: But you have the money. But I have the money, right, yep. Um, so say I'm a doctor's son. Okay. And I have all the money, and I have all the time. <laughs>
1: Um, say so you're a doctor's nephew. Wait okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh and so so I, I say, Razor, here's a bunch of money. Give me a tier one uh gaming computer, and I'll pay you, you know, however much a month it is to you know stay on the tier one plan. And so then every single time they, you know, a, a new better graphics card comes out or a new better processor or whatever comes out they you know they ship me the little drawer slot the case with that new component and i unplug my old component put the new one in and then i ship the old one back to them and then you know they'll refurbish that and probably send it off to somebody else in like tier 2 or whatever um huh. and so so like do you think that that would be a a good model that people would jump onto
1: um in many ways yes i mean for people who are like oh i can't do this myself I could see that being really nice, but at the same time, I could also see if something goes really wrong, something could go really, really wrong. <laughs> That's true. Because it'll be difficult to fix um, if something goes wrong. One and two. I mean, if anything overheats, oil generally tends to be kind of flammable, doesn't it?
0: Uh, well, this is like mineral oil, so I don't, I don't well... even know. But it's yeah, it's not like there's gonna be flames. I know, except for the fact that my motherboard smoked that one time. Anyway, never knows. <laughs> um, never say never. Yeah, the so the only issue that I can think of with this is that once you're you know you have this system, you are completely locked into Razer because yeah. nobody else is going to be making you know these cases. So you have to get all of your components from Razer, and you know if they if they don't have time you know to like. Get the graphics card that you want into a case, you know, uh, then you're not going to get it. Um
2: Ooh, yeah.
0: But yeah. And if that and if if somehow they like you know have to stop the program because nobody's getting into it, then you're just going to be stuck with this thing, and you're never going to be ever able to upgrade it ever again.
1: Then you are be, SOL.
0: That would be extremely ironic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have this perfectly modular system. That isn't compatible with anything that's coming out ever again.
1: <laughs> you foobarred that up so bad you're S-O
2: i I don't know. I think this might work. I do too. I think this is a very good idea. I mean it kind of remind, it's kind of like what Netflix is kind of. You have a movie, you watch the movie, and when you get tired of the movie, you just send it back to them and they send you a different movie. Oh. And that's kind of what everyone's doing nowadays. Does
0: anybody actually use Netflix for the DVDs anymore?
2: Um I know I think my brother does, and I know a few people back home that do. I don't know nice. around here. Oh, creepy Emma does. Because she always talked about that in class. Uh, creepy uh,
1: Emma? Oh
0: dear. Don't ask. Uh we could go on for a very long time about Emma. Uh French. French. So I'm curious now. Um let's see. Oh, another type of virtual reality input. Yes, we love those, right? Maybe. So, um, this company called uh, PrioVR, or maybe that's the name of the input thing that they made, um, they have uh, come out, well, they, they've they announced, showed off this thing at CES, where it's a motion capture suit. So it translates your upper body movement into whatever game you're playing, Right um and currently all the only games that you know support it are the ones that the company themselves have made but they're planning on coming out with an SDK to make it easy for you know it for people to get it working on existing games um so basically you know it's got like several different um kind of gyroscopes and magnetoscopes and whatever scopes they want to stick in these little boxes that are you know uh, at different points like on your arm and then on your back and stuff and it just, it, it tracks, you know, your motion.
1: Yeah. pre VR, I'm looking at the thing right now, it looks to be, um, Uh. it looks to be the name of the company. Okay, cool. As well as the name of the suit. It's both. Or it's the pre VR VR suit.
0: Um, and then also, last thing for CES, uh, AMD have come out with, uh, their Kaveri APUs, um, and those actually will be coming out on January 14th, um, and they will apparently be competing with Intel's 4670K, which is, um, I, I, let's see, so, The AMDs will be retailing for around $180, which is significantly less than the 4670, so that's definitely good for AMD. Mm -hmm. What's an APU? Accelerated Processing Unit. So that's...
1: uh, Do I have to go to the story time now?
0: No. No, because we've been going at this for a little while now, and I want to hear Katie tell us about Tearaway, because I'm actually interested in that game. Oh,
2: my gosh. Tearaway? Okay, so I think it's super adorable because everything is made out of paper and they really did a nice job on the whole paper, you know, designs and all that fun stuff.
1: Soups adorbs.
2: It is. I mean, <laughs> gosh. But it also has some... It's, like, a very good story. Like, you play as either the uh, male protagonist or the female, I don't know what the name of the male one is, but the female one is a toy, which is an interesting name, and basically a toy is the message that they're trying to get to the you, which is you, and the frontwards camera always pictures you as the sun, and the message, a toy, is trying to get to you to deliver this great and awesome message. And oh my gosh, it's just really good. And in this game, uh you use the um the pressure plate thing in the, the back of the, the rear touch panel. Yeah, that thing. And it's really in all the other Vita games, like some of them have like a little of it, but this one has so much more interaction with the back touchpad.
1: In the middle. Male's name is apparently um, Iota, or like Iota.
2: Yoda. Yoda. <laughs> <So>, Iota.
1: Woo. <laughs> <laughs> not there is no. I don't know. Skim. <laughs> anyway, okay. <sorry>,
0: Continuing.
2: <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, it's just a really fun game, and it's not like super hardcore. It's just a nice, simple game. And, oh, also, as you go along into the game, you collect paper craft designs and templates. So basically, you can go onto their website and log in as you and print out characters in the game and fold them and make your own magical place. Oh, nice.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So, let's see, this is a a third-person game, right? Yes. Uh, Is it like a platformer, or... Like, what? what's the gameplay like? What do you do in it?
2: Oh, okay, so... There are enemies called scraps. I think, yeah, I think they're called scraps. And basically, they come from the U world. And so it is a platformer, like... You just keep moving on through the levels... And, uh, to, like, some of the characters, like, the characters are really, uh, let's see, where was it? I have my Vita right here. Do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do. Yep, it's called a scrap. Nasty little packages of scrap paper. Discarded, unwanted, and overall mean. Oh, that's no. That's cute. Oh, come on. So, wait,
0: that's anyway. what happens when I throw away paper, is they they go into the Yes, stairway? they become...
2: Yeah, they become scraps. They go into the tearaway world as meanness. That's bad. Yeah, that is bad. And, I mean.
1: So you become the decide. You're like Hitler. You have decided which ones are the ones that are worth keeping around and (laughs) discarding the ones that you don't like. Yes? Wow.
2: Um,
0: Godwin's Law. Uh
2: huh.
0: This podcast is now over because we brought up Hitler.
2: Okay. Well, you What's just going on long mine. Ugh. Hitler. Anyways, <laughs> so I I feel like this is the best game on the Vita I've played so far. Okay. And I mean, I th- I really liked Gravity Rush, but this one just kind of blew it out of the water.
0: Well, it's about time, I mean. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Gravity Rush was a but, I mean, a lot, they haven't really made a lot of games for the Vita.
0: No. Let's see, the only other fairly compelling games that I can think of were, like, uh, AC Liberation, which yeah. is now coming to everything yeah.
2: else. <laughs> yes. And,
0: like, that Uncharted game, but, like, you know, neither of those were, like, I gotta have these games.
2: No, it wasn't, like... I really need to buy a Vita so I can play this. It was just like, Mm -hmm. oh, if I buy a Vita, I play this.
0: And and it wasn't like, you know, it's something where if I buy a Vita, I'm definitely going to be getting AC Liberation. Like, no, I would be getting AC Liberation because I like the Assassin's Creed games already. You know what I mean? (gasps) Whereas Tearaway is something where it's like, oh my gosh, well, I have a Vita now. I've got to buy a Tearaway because that's the game to have.
2: You get a little accordion in Tearway. It's so adorable. You get to, you can Super. blow things away with the accordion. Oh, and did I mention the soundtrack? It is amazing. Nice. Hmm. hmm. I
1: unfortunately don't have a about it. If I did.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that we've finally gotten this game uh, on the podcast because I've been listening to the guys over at Polygon just rave about this game. Like, they absolutely love it. But they have access to, like, you know, all... All
2: All uh, games every time.
0: Seriously, one of their favorite games of the year was on the OUYA. OUYA. And I don't have access to it at all. because Max Marty never plays any games on the UIA so I can't even ask him about it <laughs> But anyway Wait, he
2: has one?
0: Yeah, he does. We we were we were over at his house and I saw it oh, under yeah. his TV. Is that tiny little box? Little golden box thing. Little golden box thing. So, cute. <laughs> so useless. So, um I have a review this week. <laughs> it's Assassin's Creed 4: The Freedom Cry DLC. Um, so,
1: about freedom.
0: Katie, who was your favorite character in Assassin's Creed 4?
2: Um, not including the main character.
0: Well, sure, you can include him.
2: Uh, I didn't really like him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <mean> me neither.
2: <laughs> I mean, he was kind of, whatever.
0: I was hoping I can... for another Ezio, but he turned out to just be like a, like, I'm going to do whatever I want. Huh. Yeah, screw you guys. Plunder. Plunder.
1: <laughs> <My> i just <sister, laughs> flamboyantly, is that <it> plunder. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like Mary Reed. Oh, was really? That her name? Okay. Yeah, I thought she was a very interesting character.
0: Name was she, wait, was she the was she the red-headed one, or the one who no,
2: was... No, she was, was the, the one who... She was the one disguised as a man. Okay, good. Okay. I thought her character was very interesting. Okay, so I was, was one
0: of the pirates, yes? Yes. 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 Okay. Um,
1: and she so was a historical figure. I believe there was her and there was another female pirate that were both aboard the same mm-hmm. ship. Yeah, They commandeered mean, the ship, and then they, they ended up actually sleeping with some of the crew and getting pregnant and then retiring.
0: Uh, no, reserve's of, correct. One of them died of a fever after she gave birth uh, yes. in the mm-hmm. jail. Yep. Um, but anyway... So my favorite character was Adewale, the oh, uh, former yeah. slave who becomes your um, uh, what's he called, quartermaster? Yeah, quartermaster yeah. on he's the ship. He's such a bro. He was awesome, and he like he kind of was Edward's conscience throughout the game, um, who yeah. Edward never listened to, which was obnoxious because it was like, dude, just do what he says because he's got some good points, and like, yeah, he's right and he he wanted to you know join the assassins because he's like the assassins are doing good things and it's not all about just like you know finding this thing and getting all the money in the world we you know we should actually use you know our ship to like do good um and so assassin's creed freedom cry um it takes place um after the events of the main story uh Adewale has actually joined the assassins and i think he's he's on mission for them at the beginning of the DLC but then he gets shipwrecked uh, near Port-au-Prince Haiti and this is like 70 years before the Haitian Revolution which we should probably mention was the only successful slave revolution uh, ever Uh, but you know (laughs) as we all know it went really well and they kind of destroyed their own country and they've never really uh, recuperated from that so yeah, um, mixed bag there I guess um, <laughs> it's a good anyway. song, mixed bag. But <laughs> so um, in Freedom Cry, um, initially Auduella just wants to, you know, get back to the Brotherhood and you know continue doing missions for the assassins. But then he's he's convinced by the people there in Port-au-Prince to you know help out the the fledgling um, resistance movement and free slaves and you know um, do you know. Good works for their community, I guess. Uh, and so, so he, you know, starts doing that. And basically, that's kind of the currency that you use in the in the, this DLC is how many slaves have you liberated? Um, <laughs> and when I first saw, you know, like, oh, this upgraded machete is worth 300 slaves, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> aren't we supposed to not be thinking about the slaves as things? Um, but then I realized that, no, they were using it as a kind of thing where, like, the more slaves you've liberated, the more people you have living in your little secret, you know, um, colony thing, uh, resistance lair place, and so the better resources you have available to you because you have more people on your side. And I was like, okay, that's acceptable. I can do that. Um, <laughs> And so basically so that's pretty much what you do for most of the DLC is, you know, like all of the, you know, the side missions that, you know, you can find throughout cities, um, you know, like um assassinating people or uh, you know, chasing um um messengers or beating up people at bars. You know, those are all replaced by oh, look, there goes a convoy of slaves. Let's save them or there's an auction let's go free those guys or there's a slave who's trying to run away i should kill the guy who's chasing him kinds of things um and you know so you you free more and more slaves that way and um also you know when you're out there on this new ship that you commandeer um you know you can you can obviously board normal ships uh and get upgrades that way but there's also these slave ships that you can go and and they're like they kind of replaced the royal convoys um in the main game so but instead of getting you know lots of money you you free like a, like over 100 slaves at once by liberating a single uh slave ship it is awesome um so it's it, it was pretty fun um there wasn't it, it only lasted about 7 hours for me um and the it was mostly story stuff like there was like the the um what would you call it, the the ratio, the ratio of open-world stuff to do versus story stuff, the the story stuff was much, much higher in the DLC than in the uh, main game. And since, like, the, the open-world stuff is what I enjoy most about Assassin's Creed 4, um, you know, I'd say that uh, Freedom Cry was a bit of a step backwards, although the story was better than the main game and there were actually some... Em- one emotional moment in particular that Ooh. stuck with me—that I, you know, I actually oh, the feels. Yeah, I felt really bad during it. Um, but yeah, I so like fields. it's it's you know ten dollars for another seven hours of of gameplay, and if you want to go and and get the experience of being a powerful black man, uh, go ahead and do that. I liked it.
1: I love the. I'm a strong black woman who don't need no man.
0: Well, he's a strong black man who likes a strong black woman who does not need him. So <laughs> Well, all right then. <laughs> so, I, I guess, you know, you're not an all-powerful black man. You're just a powerful black man. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. It was it was, you know, it was fun for me, but it's not like it's not like, you know, oh, I have Assassin's Creed 4. This is a must-have DLC. Like, you know, it was pretty fun, but it's not for everybody, I guess. Hmm. So, wow. That's all that we have in the show notes.
1: Sounds about right.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. New releases. Oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. I know what's coming out this week. Assassin's Creed 4 Liberation is coming out this week for everything besides Vita. Yeah, it is. Yay. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that hardcore, and I'm going to play it, because I like Assassin's Creed games. Uh, so next weekend, you know what? I bet you I will have played it, and uh, I will review that.
2: I bet you I will have played it, because I have it for oh, the Vita.
0: Right, you already reviewed it for us, didn't you? Did I? Yeah, way was back in the, the day. Was the one
2: with the orphans? Did I yell about the orphans in that one?
0: No, that was for Assassin's Creed 3. Okay. Um, but no, yeah, you I I'm Ian butt. I mean Ian buck
1: <laughs> You were Ian butt last week, kid You are Ian butt from now and forever Buttman.
0: So I'm Ian buck But I'm Ian <laughs> and who are you Katie Redman?
2: I am Katie Redman, all powerful <laughs>
0: Signing off don't have anything to say.
1: Damn, I got That, that got wrappers everywhere.
0: <laughs> what did you
1: do? I, I didn't try to do it. I so saw I have...
0: I have... Are you eating food again? Are you eating other foods? In my that's drawer. That <laughs> that's not dinner.
1: Mean, th- look at how big this bag is. Listen to how much weight it has when it hits my drawer. <laughs> That's impressive. But So I've been, I've been taking all the actual wrappers and making them into a giant gold ball of Reese's wrappers.
0: Oh, That's um, better than rubber band.
1: <laughs> and then all the paper parts I've been putting into this bag, and it, the bag got moved, and when I moved the bag, a bunch of the wrappers filled out.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I would feel sorry for you, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> because I have the Reese's But unit.
2: I don't.